What's up, everybody? As you and I tuned into the Soul Dope Podcast, and I'm your host, Alex Chadwick. What's up? What's up? What's happening? What's happening, everybody? Man, I've I've been away for a few weeks. Um, wow, a lot has happened in the past few weeks. Um, part of that is just being lazy, right? Um, but we got a new president. Um, so shouts out and congratulations to uh Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. I'm gonna do, of course, another episode on maybe the way I feel about the presidency, but for today, I got some other things at hand. So before I begin the show, I want to tell y'all that um, I've, I've, I'm in a new space. And what I mean by space, I mean physically. I've moved to the other side of the room. The pod studio is a little bit different. I got a new microphone and I've been trying tirelessly for two days to figure out why this thing is not recording. So I apologize in advance if there are any technical difficulties um, and I am hoping that I can still bring the same quality of work um, in all my podcasts that I have um, since the start of this. So <clears throat> without further ado, um, this 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 particular podcast is inspired by an article that I read um, the other day on Facebook and this this article is from um, it looks like your web. That's ye, uh, ye, E-U-R-W-E-B dot com. Uh, and that's why I saw that on Facebook. And the headline is what grabbed me and the picture, the thumbnail of the picture is what grabbed me. And <clears throat> basically, the headline said how a bunch of white parents stopped a Texas school district's diversity education plan and the thumbnail the picture is of a um (laughs) of a middle-aged white man with a uh with a trump uh you know how you have those face masks that go over your face but you can kind of like just pull them down on your neck or whatever so there's a picture of a a white man middle-aged white man with a trump face mask on um on the thumbnail for this so i was like oh this should be interesting right so i kind of want to go into this uh into this topic a little bit and talk about, uh, you know, give a little commentary on it, because as you can see, the title of this uh, particular episode is called Diversity Training is for White Folks. Um, before I begin, you know, I kind of want to just say um, I want you all to think about this objectively. Right. Um, if, especially if you're white people, I want you to to get out of your feelings and, and listen to what I got to say. And I hope that if you are a white person that you'll hear to hear what I have to say. Um, so let's go through the article a little bit, right? So, um, this, what was it? January 22nd. Um, I think it was NBC news. Looked like NBC news posted, um, a story about white parents in South Lake, Texas. I don't know why South Lake sounds more like a Florida residence. I, I don't understand why I'm thinking that, but it definitely sounds like, like South Lake, Florida. I think I've driven through a place in Florida. If anybody knows the name of 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 a, of a town or a city called South something, I remember I got stuck there for a day. Anyways, um, this incident that we're gonna be talking about happened in South Lake, Texas. Okay, um, but these parents in South Lake, Texas, band together and fought like hell to stop the school board from enacting a diversity education plan in the wake of multiple racist incidents at the local high school. Now, if y'all ain't been watching the news for the past, I don't know what, six months or so, um, 
I think with the last administration, I think Trump was even fighting some of this diversity stuff as well. Um, now, here's the thing. I don't know what's in the curriculum. Right. And I think honestly, I think each state may be even different. But here's the thing. After all the things that have happened just this year alone, when it comes to um the social issues and and the disparities and the, the polarization. I think that is I think that this kind of stuff is important. Right. So um, the board, the board, the school board was prompted to act in this manner after um, in 2018, after a video of South Lake students, um, they showed a video uh, of South Lake students laughing as they filmed themselves shouting, shouting the N word at a party. And coincidentally or consequently uh this particular video went viral right this particular particular video went viral now my question is this i i got a chance to sit down right i really sat down and i watched the video if you don't i'm gonna try to post the article in the link of the description of this particular podcast so you guys can go and watch it but you probably can google it and find it yourself but i sat down and I watched that video twice. And I mean, these people, these parents were pretty upset that uh, that the action that was taken um, or part of the action that was taken for some of this behavior in their community is to have. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's so funny. It's to have diversity, uh, some kind of diversity training and or curriculum for their students. Right. I found that so funny that they were outraged about it um, when really. Uh, things could have looked a little bit different per se. Um, so I find this interesting because um, over the past six months, you've had um, what you've had some people speak out about the uh, the 1619, uh, 1619 project. Um, you've had people speak out against diversity training in their, um, what do you call it? In their particular workplace. Um, and, and I just to me, I find that funny. Now, I'm not going to lie. There was one. Um, I can't remember what company that was that was doing diversity training, but it wasn't balanced and it was polarizing and it was one side. My vision when I think about this particular curriculum or training or whatever, I'm looking at it more of a of a of an informational, educational balance, more of a balanced approach, right? Where you are basically um, giving people information and educating them on the diversity, on the the the, the biases, on racism, um, on the microaggressions, um, things like that. But uh, this one particular company, they definitely had it wopsided. Um, they were basically saying like. You know what? I'm not even going to get into it um, because I can talk about that for days and I'm trying to stay I'm trying to stay a little bit more on my topic. And um, I think that's what I'm going to try to do today. So the parents are in an uproar about this damn training. Right. Um, here's my thing. It's not like the kids. And, and again, I don't know what's in the curriculum. I don't know what went forward to the board or to the school administrators about uh, uh, this particular curriculum, but here's my thing. And I'm going to make a healthy assumption here is that it's not like they're, they're that these kids, that this curriculum is being presented to, to teach the kids about, uh, let's say for example, um, Nat Turner or Toussaint, right? Uh, no, no, nobody, nobody is killing me y'all. 
I don't think this curriculum even touches Nat Turner. I don't think America even wants to learn about Nat Turner in a in a in a way that is in public schools or in private schools or in mandated curriculum. Right. Or even Toussaint, for that matter, that was that right. Those two people alone, knowing the history, knowing what, what, what went down back then, that would scare the hell out of white people. That would scare the hell out of a lot of people that are fighting to have the stat quo. But here's the thing. But yet everyone and I mean, everyone is supposed to assimilate to learning about those who, uh, let's say, America calls heroes when all their glory. I mean, all of it was taken by innocent blood or taken with innocent blood, you know, so. It's almost like we live in these two different dynamics, these two different Americas, per se, you know, and it's really hard. Sometimes I'll be honest. It's really hard to decipher sometimes like. Like it's almost like you live in two different dimensions or two different countries or several different countries because we're so polarized here and you can't understand it sometimes because. People don't review and reflect on the history of this country. A lot of people that follow me understand that I've been saying this for so long. The very incision of this country, the very foundation, the the the, the building of this country was built on the backs and the blood of black people and Native Americans. Anybody that was enslaved here. Right. It was built on their backs. And people, for some reason, we haven't rectified that. And people seem to ignore that. Right. They seem to ignore that. And I am having a very, 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 very difficult time trying to understand that. But that's why we were that. That is why we are where we are today is because we haven't addressed America's original sin yet. You know, a lot of people talk about freedom, this and freedom, that and the Constitution is and the Declaration of Independence and the forefathers. This that's a bunch of bull crap, Right. It's a bunch of bullcrap because in 1776, when America declared its independence, there were enslaved Negroes on this land. So when the Constitution was written, right, who was it written for? It's just basic questions that people really got to ask themselves. And I'm going to repeat it again. It's not like we haven't made great strides. Right. I'm not enslaved. I don't even feel like I'm oppressed, but I'm not going to marginalize people who also feel like they are oppressed by certain systems. Right. Um, that are in place that 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 this literally happens in America still to this day. Um, so I just want to address that, man, because we haven't we haven't addressed that original sin yet. And that, that's a problem. That's a problem. Um, you know, when you really look at it, um, a lot of I, you know, I really believe that a lot of white people, um, they just want the stat quo. They just want things to be normal. They just want things to work in their favor. Now, before y'all start cutting me off, I'm not talking about all white folks. I'm not talking about all white people. All right. But there is a demographic of white people who, who all they want is the stat quo. Everything is cool until their children, intellectual selves are being challenged, you know, outside of the dominant culture. Once, once the dominant culture is shaken up a little bit, then these particular white people get get shaken they get they get afraid they get worried they get concerned and then they lash out and sometimes they want to fight back for whatever reason but there are people who perpetuate the stat quo that's what they want you know these people don't want you to live around them these people don't want you to congregate with them these people don't want anything but the stat quo all 
right? They want to keep it weird. They want to keep it white. And that's it. And um, sometimes I wake up and I'm like, man, segregation is probably um, segregation. (laughs) Some days I wake up and I'm like, man, segregation would probably be so much better for black folks in this country. I mean, if you really think about it and you look at historically when black folks were segregated and we built communities like real communities where everybody helped and looked out for one another. You know, you had uh, the growth and the boom of black businesses. You had, um, you know, the money was staying in the black community. You know, everybody was looking out for each other like that was a that was a different time. But even even that proves that um, what do you call it, even even when back when black people organize and and and, and try to uh, gain a foot ahead politically. Um, they will literally come and blow your blow you up. They will literally come and blow you up. I mean, look at Black Wall Street, right? I mean, th- America literally dropped bombs on black people on American soil. That's a true fact. So even when, even if we were segregated and and we started to main uh, gain and and maintain political power, financial power, right? Then they are going, it never, it never, it never ever proves wrong. They are going to um, destroy you, right? That's a simple, simple fact. Um, so it's like, where do we fit at? You know, like the construct of race, man, I'm telling you, it's a, it's, it's so difficult. And even for myself, I am scraping and I mean, scraping, trying to find balance in all of it. You know, because everybody's living a different experience, you know. Um, One thing I want to highlight as well is that um, when it comes to diversity, right, when it comes to being diverse, um, and this is a general statement, but I'll give you some specific examples here. Black people are more adaptable in society than white people. Now, before y'all turn me off again, I'm going to say it one more time. Black people are more adaptable in American society than white people. Now, you may say, Alex, why would you say that? Why would you say that? Now, I want you all to think about this. You can put um, you can put a black person anywhere. And I mean, anywhere. And they are going to be able to adapt and they're going to be able to thrive. So if you send, you know, what I'm saying if you send a, a black person to an all white neighborhood or all white culture, uh, 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 a black person is going to be able to thrive. And I mean, at a, at a, at a, at a, at a, at a high level than if you were to take a white person and put them into a black culture and or black environment. Right now, I'm not saying there are that there's not exceptions, but I really want you to think about that. If I walk into a white neighborhood and there's white people standing all around, I may feel a little uncomfortable, right? I may feel a little uncomfortable, but I can communicate with those people. Right. And I can I can I can thrive in that environment regardless. I really can. I can survive in that environment. But if you turn the tables around and you take a um, a white person and you put them in a black environment. Right. I'm not talking about a white person who was raised around the culture. I'm talking about someone who is totally foreign to black culture, to black dynamics, uh, to, to, to black people, period and you put them in there, they're not going to thrive, right? They're going to have to try to survive, but they're not going to thrive. Why? Because of the languages, 
because of the the culture, because of um, the mannerisms, right? Because of um, the metaphors, uh, because of, you know, the different kind of space that black culture actually has. You know what I mean? So it's nothing against them, but I'm just saying black people are, are more adaptable to this society in America. You might say, well, why would you say that? Like, why is that? Because since the incision of this country, black people has have always right had to adjust to the dominant culture. Right. I mean, think about it. Even recently, you got. Uh, legislators fighting or passing legislation over how a person, particularly a black person, can wear their hair in the workplace. Right. Think about that. Like this is a real thing. Like there's actual legislation that has been put forward for people to have things like dreadlocks. Right. Think about that. So when you really look at the history, like we've always had to adapt to the dominant culture, to that culture. Right. Even though it's not right all the time. Right. We still have to adjust to it. So black people the spirit of black people have always, always been conditioned to adjust and to assimilate. That is not a, there's no question in my mind about that. Right. So when it comes to when it comes to diversity training, when it comes to uh, 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 learning about diversity, ah, you know what? It, it kind of makes me um, it makes me think every time I, I hear this, you know, on my job, people say, you know, you got to do this many hours of diversity training or whatever, whatever in my head. The only thing that runs through my head, I'll be like, I don't need this. I don't need this. I don't need this training. I live this. This is my whole entire life. Right. This is my whole entire life. And it goes back to that example that I just mentioned a minute ago about being more adaptable than the dominant culture or the people who construct the more dominant culture. We're just adjustable like that. Right. We don't you don't, you don't have no problem with uh, um, black people or people of color coming into an organization and working well with white people. Right. You don't you don't have you don't really have that problem as a dynamic. But what you do have a problem of is people who are not of color coming in to work with the cultures that are people of color. That's a true fact. Right. So sometimes I think, you know, when this is presented to me, I'm like, you know what, man, I don't need no damn. Um, I don't need no damn diversity training. My life is 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 full of experiences full of actual accounts of things that I'm living through right now. I don't need no training on that. I handle it very well, I suppose. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry, it's a hiccup. I suppose, right? I suppose I handle it really well. Um, since the incision of this country, y'all, people have been asking and working towards social equality. Like, I don't even know how to explain Like, you can see that I, I guess I call myself, I'm kind of like bipolar sometimes because I really find myself stuck in the middle of racial uh, contention and, and racism in America and where my faith lies of really wanting to believe that all of us in the human race can actually be equal, be treated equal, right? I really, sometimes I, I have, this, it's really hard for me. So today I'm I'm, I'm showing a little bit I want to, I'm talking a little bit about what's on one side of the fence here. Um, and that's okay. So people have been asking and working for social equality 
for so long in this country. You know, people say, oh, you need the diversity training. What what is the training going to do to them? What is it? What is the training going to do with them if they absolutely lack the experience? That's what I ask myself sometimes. What is the training going to do for them if they absolutely don't have the experience? I'm in Portland. Portland is a white city. It's a white state. And I'm going to tell you, it gives me burnout sometimes because I feel like, damn, man, like I need to be around my people. I really need to be around somebody that looks like me just for the for the optics of it. You feel me? First, the optics then just didn't dive into the culture. You know what I mean? So, you know, this is hard, man. This is hard. And 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 knowing that the dominant culture and the stat quo is is always been on the forefront. Right. And I know this may seem very divisive for people, but. I don't need the damn training. I don't think any person of color needs the training, diversity training per se. We should be the ones that are always constantly giving the training so people can understand it. But I don't think we need to go through it as a participant, right? As someone who is getting educated. That's just my view on it. And I'm basing this solely off of my own personal experience, right? I'm basing this solely off of my own personal experience. Um, I'm 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 gonna tell y'all a, a story about this uh, young black female who I seen on social media. She was giving an interview, I think, for a local news station or something. Some of y'all may have seen her. I don't know what city it was in, but I know this was immediately after uh, the George Floyd murder. And she was talking about, uh, you know, we had a social contract and that that social contract was eventually broken. And um, at that time, there was a lot of looting and a lot of rioting. And she was her point was like, why should we care about these institutions and these conglomerate businesses and stuff when um, the social contract for protection and safety and freedom was broken? Right. And she said something at the end, her last words. And I'm going to end the show on this. Her last words in that interview was so powerful to me it was so powerful and so like on time because those words that statement is what i'm going to leave y'all with for a reflection piece and i really want you to like dissect it and i want you to meditate on it and i want you to understand its power okay i want you to really really understand its power so the sister said right before she concluded the interview she said and i quote they better be lucky that we want equality and not revenge. I'm going to repeat that. The sister said, and I quote, they better be lucky that we want equality and not revenge. Listen to me. When you think about this, this whole uh, institution of racism and division in our country, just like I mentioned earlier, since the incision of this country, black people have been asking. We've been asking and trying to work towards a social equality. Right. But racism is so deep. Right. It's so rooted and so much harm has been done. In so many ways. And we are still asking. And every once in a while you get those you get some of those people that come up and they 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 rebel or they revolt. Right. 
and then they, 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 they lose their lives or they risk their lives to get this freedom that they've been wanting or this equality, right? Or this sameness of one. This is what they've been trying for every once in a while. But yet most of us, we just want equality. And I mean, social equality, like stop treating us like we're different in, in a sense, right? Stop doing that. So yet the people that hold the stat quo in the dominant culture, they know we're going to always ask. Right. And they know that if we get too rowdy, they know what they could do to put us in our place. But the thing to think about is what that sister said is that asking for the equality has always been the majority among us all. We want the equality. We want to move on. We want everything that everybody else has, even though it's very, very unfair. We still want equality, right? We still want it. But like the sister said, they better be lucky. That we want equality and not revenge, because if black people were looking for revenge in this country, I'm talking about like true revenge where people were so revolutionized in their hearts and in their spirits, I mean, across the board, then America wouldn't be a real pretty place to live. I can guarantee you that it would not be a pretty place to live. So think about that statement. Um, if you want to, please write into the show. I want to hear from people. I may do some follow up about this particular topic about diversity and, 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 and who, who should be, uh, getting all the education and the training about it. But I do want to hear some opposing views and some opposing viewpoints. Um, make sure you bring your why uh, right into the Soul Dope Podcast show. And the email is souldopepodcast at gmail.com. Um, if you haven't, I'm going to ask my, 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 my listeners. I think I'm up to like 41 states right now. So I thank y'all. I'm going to ask y'all to follow me on Twitter at Podcast Soul. That's Podcast S-O-U-L. Follow me on Twitter. Um. Hopefully I can link you guys to some more content that way as well. But I, I really appreciate y'all subscribing and, and listening and sharing this podcast. Um, but I do want to hear from y'all. I want to hear um, some opposing views or some 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 extra commentary about how people feel like this. So I'll leave y'all with the question. First, the reflection of what the sister said. But do you feel that only white people should be having diversity training, whether it be in schools whether it be at work or, or, or in the community otherwise, you know, let me know right into the show. So anyways, look, this is my first time back. I want to thank y'all for listening. Um, I want to thank y'all for being loyal to this, to this, to this podcast. Um, I'm really trying to get this thing growing. I keep promising y'all, I'm gonna keep giving y'all content, but listen, um, if you haven't subscribed, please leave a review. Please share this. Please start the dialogue. Please start talking because um, I think to learn each other better, to to hear a lot of sides of, of this coin, we got to be able to communicate. So hopefully the things that I am mentioning and talking about on this podcast will hopefully encourage and inspire people to have those conversations. So that's all I got. It's Sunday. And it looks like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to the Super Bowl. Man, I want to thank y'all for tuning in to this episode of the Soul Dope Podcast. Peace.